back to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. For friendly expert tax advice whenever you need to come to Donahue Accounting Services, a leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio, our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit online DonahueAccountingService.com. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former Bearcat basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the Hall of Fame coach, Bob Huggins. And I'm Neil Meyer with the Front Office News. And I'm J.T. Smith, Editor-in-Chief for the Front Office News. All right, fellas, we're back for another episode. Let's jump right into it. The Bearcats are currently 12-4 and after losing to Baylor 59-62. to J.T., thoughts on the Bearcats' performance? Man, it was encouraging so like i know like it's a game that they let slip away that's what sucks but at the end of the day you know they play a team that averaged 89 points you hold them to 62 on at in their gym it's something that you know i feel like i might sound like a broken record but i feel like it's something that's um very good honestly like you gotta take the small wins the only thing is like you know the bearcats could easily be three and oh right now but they're one and two in the big 12 and the way it looked in December, I mean, I don't think people expected them to be as competitive as they are in the Big 12. And if they expected that from what they saw, um, I would think they weren't watching the same games I watched. So <laughs> I think you turn, you know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> you, know, like you know, you can be delusional. It's cool about being a fan or being somebody, you know, just being real. You know what I mean? Because after that dating game, I was like, man. I don't know, you know, in my head, I'm like, the Big 12 is coming, and that's, woo, that, that ain't Dayton. And Dayton ain't, I ain't crapping on Dayton by any means. The Dayton's a hell of a team. I think they're going to make the tournament. But the way Dayton punked the Bearcats at a neutral site, I was like, man, this is crazy. But um, they just had bad luck because Dan Skillings played a hell of a game, finished mm-hmm. with 24 points, but he had a dunk that he missed. Like, it was just like, Great dunk, take a baseline, snuck dunk on a dude and bounced out. That's two points. Uh, I don't know what they shot at the free throw line. I feel like he missed the layup. That layup was a good look. You know what I mean? Tough contest. Good look. Missed the layup. You know, CMOS missed a wide open three. So it was one of those things. Um, I think that one three one kind of ch- put a little wrench in the game because the Bearcats were running smooth. It took them about five to six possessions for them to kind of figure it out. Um and I think that might have honestly at the end of the day, I think that was where the, the game was lost because I feel like the they went on like an 11-0 run after the Bearcats went on a 7-0 run. And that's kind of where the game was lost. The Bearcats had control until then, and they start scrapping and crawling back in. I thought Day Day played a hell of a game. Um, as we kind of, you know, people were kind of writing them off. And I think he answered, and it was a good environment to answer. Hopefully, that's something he can build on, you know, especially in the Big 12 play. But um, it was just kind of like slight miss opportunities, but I feel like that when they changed that one three one, the Bearcats didn't handle as well um, as they have been doing, you know, in the recent games. Yeah, you know, you know, one thing too, JT, that you touched upon, you know, Day Day obviously had a bounce back game, um, yeah. just didn't play as well. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. You know, so and I, and I think, I think we have to be conscious of. Hey, with Jizzle, he's young. Day Day, he's getting new experience at this level. There are gonna be days where Day Day plays well, Jizzle doesn't. Jizzle plays yeah. well, 
Day Day doesn't. We need yeah. both of them. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we can't, you know, we can't write off either one. We need to, you know, make yeah. sure they're continue to get their reps and, and grow as players. For sure. Yeah, they, they definitely can't write them off for sure. Like, we definitely need both. And they got to ride who's playing well, you know, throughout the season. But I feel like, um, just like you said, like, you know, it's because Jizzle, say, to next game, Day Day play, doesn't play as well, but Jizzle plays great. We can't just throw Jizzle. We can't not throw Jizzle. We can't just try to crap on, I'm saying not us, but like the fans can't try to crap on Day Day um, because we're going to need them. You know what I'm saying? And say if it's Day Day that plays great again and Jizzle doesn't play as well, we can't crap on Jizzle as well because we're going to need them. And he's shown, he, you know, they've both shown flashes and good flashes that they're going to be able to help this team. So, they got to just trust the process, and then hopefully the Bearcats can get a couple dubs coming up. Yeah, and and lastly, JT, to what you said earlier, um, I, I'm in that boat that I, I didn't know after that Dayton game how yeah. well we're going to do early on, you know, in the, in the yeah. Big 12. And, of course, I'm kind of a homer and biased in a lot of ways, and I it's, – it's, it's like this. Here's what the Bearcats are like for me. You know, JT, your son, Juju – is with you so much. You see the amazing qualities your son has. Yeah. You see him so much, right? Both as a as a person, uh athletically. The the problem that occurs is when he plays on a team or he's in a so like people only get like snapshots and glimpses of your kid. So they don't always see how great your kid could be, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do because you're around. So what I'm saying is that's how I feel about the Bearcats. Like I have sometimes unreal, unrealistic expectations because I see and I'm around them so much like a child. Like I'm like, that's my kid. And I think they're better than everybody else. You yeah, know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, so, you know, I, I I'm, you know, I, I'm pleased thus far and, and, and hopefully, and I'm, we're going to talk about this a little bit later. We're going to talk yeah. about, you know, where this basketball team could be um, come March. Now, Neil, uh, your thoughts? Yeah. So, obviously, there was a lot of things to take away from this one. Obviously, Baylor was a team that came in averaging 80 points a game. Roughly, I believe it was 84. You hold them to 62 points at their place. There's nothing you can complain about that. You hold them 20 points below their average. That's a fantastic defensive performance. What I was really impressed with was that the Bearcats kept the turnovers under 10. That was something that JT has mentioned as well on that, the keys to the game and on the last episode. And you keep the turnovers to 10, which is great, but yet you still come up just short at the end. But talk about great performances. Dan Skilling had it. Dan Skilling's had a fantastic showing. Uh, we talked to him earlier this afternoon on the Bearcats Blitz podcast. So great content on that side of things as well. Hear from Dan following the performance, but 24 uh points i believe if i remember right yeah 24 points team high six rebounds really took over the game in the second half when the bearcats needed a basket the most i mean they were they were in danger zone for many people who watched that game it was about six minutes left they're they're down as much as nine points and dan skillings comes back and gets i think 10 of the last 12 i might be wrong on that it might have been all 12 but he goes 10 of 12 straight at one point to will the bearcats back in then day day hits the the uh, floater, the layup there to cut the lead to one, but they had plenty of opportunities to say the least. Uh, obviously, Dan had a great look at the basket there on the final drive before the ball went out of bounds. CMOS had a great shot to win it. I thought that was a really great look, despite 
shooting one for 10 on the field. I know a lot of people were unhappy with that shot, but me personally, I'm very, very much okay with a guy like CMOS Lukosh is taking that shot. I thought it was a great shot opportunity. I thought it was a great look. But what really stood out to me, JT and Alex, the play of John Newman. Defensively, John Newman was, he, mm-hmm. he made himself some money on Saturday night, to say the least. I mean, anytime you hold a top five projected NBA draft pick to scoreless, the first 25 minutes of play, that is fantastic. I thought what he was able to do on Jacoby Walter, holding him to four of 11 shooting for just 14 points, which all came in the second half, but everybody knew Walter was going to get his get his buckets, but Newman didn't make it easy on him. So and that was the night you needed from John Newman, especially with Victor Locking, who kind of struggled there. John Newman finishes with a team high seven rebounds, but what he did on the defensive end really d- took away the perimeter from Baylor. And man, was his defensive showing on Jacoby Walter fantastic. And I, I thought that really set the tone early. And if you can continue to get Newman those reps there, defend the three, and if he can continue to keep shutting out teams' top leading scorers, uh, we're going to see it here versus TCU. We got a big stretch coming up, but he, he's definitely playing like the John Newman people were expecting to be before the injury last season. And he's going to be a huge part for the Bearcats down the stretch here in Big 12 conference play. Now, Neil, you said that uh, John Newman is uh, making himself some good money. I, so I need to get be his agent is what you're saying, right? I need to get in early, be his agent? I, I don't know. I, I would say so because after that performance, anytime you can hold a top five NBA draft pick, a top ten – I think Jacoby Walter came in – number eight in the country in class of 2023 saw him as early as number five on latest NBA mock draft boards before that game. And I mean, shoot, he didn't make it easy. He flustered him all night and made him made that defensive performance pretty, pretty electrifying to watch. So I definitely, definitely think you need to get, get in there, meet and uh, make sure you get a call <laughs> to an agent or something like that. For sure. Now, now Neil, let me, let me ask you your opinion on this. My opinion if, if Dan Skillings does not play the way he did or even to the the half of the level he played, I, I definitely think we lose by 10-plus. Yeah, absolutely. I'm right there with you because outside of Dan, you look down, Dan shoots four from six from behind the arc. The rest of the team is 0 for 15. So, I mean, you take away even two of those buckets by Dan from behind the arc, and I definitely think it's a maybe a nine, ten-point game. So, I mean – Without Dan's hot shooting performance from behind the arc, it definitely would have been one of those nights for the Bearcats where it could have been a dangerous loss. And JT, this is once again what we talk about with Dan. You don't know sometimes what you're going to get with Dan. I don't mean that in a a bad way. It's just the nature of his growth and his maturation process. Yeah, I think this is a huge step, though, because he's had some big games, but, you know, against – Baylor, that's a hell of a one that you can always pull on. And I feel like he – what game was that BYU? He had like 10 on the road. And in a road environment, I feel like no matter what, he even if he's off, I feel like now he has something that he can he can draw from, man, because it was top-tier talent. And, and he held his own. And, you know, he carried the Bearcats pretty much. You know, him, Day-Day made some plays too. I think Day-Day carried him early, but – Dan got it going when it was, you know, it looked like the Bearcats were about to, you know, had had one foot in and some dirt, you know, around the ankle and knee. And he was trying to drag him up out of there out of that quicksand. So 
I think this is huge for him. I want to see how he plays, you know, against TCU and moving forward. But this is one of those ones that I really, really, really think he can build build on. Because just think about it. Seamus Lukosius went one for ten. Bearcats lose yep. by three points. And Victor Lockett was battling foul trouble all night. And Noah Z's Bandago. So um, it's Damn. a lot of positives. Wait, wait, JT, 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 wait, wait, wait. Let, let's let's think about what you just said. Yep. Vic mm-hmm. didn't play well. Seamus nope. went one for ten. Noah Z's on the road at Baylor. We only In a lose- brand new arena, too. And we only lose by three. We lose by three. Man, think about that. That's that's what's crazy. Like to me, like the thing is the positive. Like fans gotta chill. Like they gotta look at it. Understand it hurts that they lost. But look who they're playing. This isn't not the bag on ECU. That's so easy. Uh, I'm going to do it all year, even next year. <laughs> it's not ECU anymore. This this isn't like you know what I mean. Like you know, look at it. How many teams are in the Big Twelve ranked um, today? Um, Neil, eight. Eight of them. Eight. That's crazy, man. Eight. And the second the top twenty-five was SEC, and I believe they had SEC had four, and the Big Ten had three, if I remember yeah. right. So double the amount of any other conference, roughly. So if the Bearcats can just win a couple, that's what hurts about the losses. But at the end of the day, they're holding their own against top-tier competition, and this team couldn't do that last year. Yeah, no question. Not consistently, they they weren't getting smoked. But I mean, if they were, if they had this schedule last year, right now, it would be like twenty points, twenty five point loss. You know what I mean? Like it wouldn't have been a BYU win. So like you got to look at that. Now we we need the Bearcats to win so they don't put themselves in a in a so they're not their back their backs aren't against the wall because they're playing so much top tier talent on a consistent basis. February gets a little bit easier, but we talked about. January being a hell of a um, a gauntlet, and so far, even though they're one and two, they they're giving me hope. And we talk about January being the gauntlet. I was talking to UC's SID David Cohen today. This is the longest streak dating back to 1994, where the Bearcats have played six straight games versus top 25 opponents. 30 years, fans, folks. 30 years where they have gone through this stretch of playing six straight top 25 opponents. Just think about that for a second. What year, were you, what year were you born, Neil? 1999. So I wasn't even alive. <laughs> <laughs> think about that. It's older than you. So you're thinking <laughs> that is Big 12 basketball right there at its finest. And if fans aren't excited for that, then I don't know what is. Because now you're looking down at the end of the schedule – Heck, you don't even know what could come towards the end of the month. UCF could slide up there and do some more magic and become ranked at one point. Like, there's a potential that this could go yeah. seven or eight games. Like, you just don't know in the Big 12. Yeah. Hey, sure. hey last quick question, um, and we can uh, kind of switch over to the TCU. I personally feel, and this, and this, and it's not just because I had him as the player to watch for this game, but I feel if Aziz plays this game. We, we definitely win this basketball game. Your guys' thoughts? 300%. Because <laughs> 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 I was watching with you, and he was, he was like, man, Aziz was playing. He was like, 55 was playing. Oh, yeah, Bearcats would have won this easily. 
I felt that I, way. I think so too, because they had a they, their big couldn't shoot. And I was like, Aziz would have been killing dude on the, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. he shot that little corner jumper, that, I mean, elbow jumper he shouldn't have shot at the end of the game that helped us get a chance. Yep. I'm like, dude, man, Aziz would have had a double double against some dudes. And I thought Millie played solid. Um, I thought he played solid. It's just that they had to foul. I think with them, with Vic being in foul trouble, we got that double tech. That was rough. He got to rein in the, the emotions because he's so important. And yep. then I thought he was playing well. He just was in foul trouble then, so he couldn't get a, a flow in the second half. Um, first half, he was playing great, I thought, besides the fouls. And then, you know, you don't have Aziz there. And I think that hurt. That took so much away from them. And I think, I feel like Millie had foul trouble too. So it was like, it was rough. But, yeah, I'm right there with you, JT. I think if Aziz plays this game, the Bearcats come away victorious because you're looking down at the stat sheets. Yves Misi is also a top first-round projected lottery pick as well, and the Bearcats hold him to just four points and two rebounds in 16 minutes of play, even though he didn't play that much compared to what expected. But you hold him like that. I mean, if you add Aziz to the lineup there, I think the size mismatch, I think it's definitely going to be, A, a a high-scoring game, and I definitely think the Bearcats will be able to affect the glass and do a lot of different things. I mean, Scott Drew even said at postgame that Cincinnati is an elite rebounding team, and they did so without their leading rebounder in Aziz Bandego. So, I mean, you add Aziz back to the fold. The rebounding battle was the same at 32. It was even. But if you add Aziz to that lineup, I think the Bearcats win the rebounding battle by, I'm going to say, six maybe. So yeah. you got to put that into consideration as well. And then I'm going to add one more thing in there. My fault. I'm not trying to steal your thunder, Meech. No, you're good. I, I love the one big four guard or four wing lineup. Yeah, you were screaming for that a couple games ago, I think. Or... Yeah, I've been – I just see it because now cause the thing is Millie's starting to get his legs under him. Lock, and I feel like after UD, I feel like he's been playing like way more um, steady. Um, and then Aziz, you know, he, I mean, his back is, you know, it's kind of hurting here and there, but when he plays with those four wings, I think the spacing just is very good, even though we're not shooting great from the three right now, especially without CJ Frederick. But at the same time, I think it just gives everybody lanes and it looks, I mean, I feel like they just look a lot better and then being able to go double big is great too. But I just think on a defensive end, it just helps a lot because they're able to switch. And they're, they're making it tougher than I thought they were going to be able to make it on these Big 12 teams on the defensive end. Listen, I was disappointed we lost to Texas. However, I'm mm-hmm. excited about the direction of this basketball team once fully healthy. Just because of some of the things you just talked about, JT, and, 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 and you too, Neil. So I'm excited about the direction. And the Bearcats take on number 19 in the country, TCU tonight at 7 p.m. in the beautiful Fifth Third Arena. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. Let's jump into the Big O segment sponsored by Smart Dog Solution. In this segment, we cover players to watch and key matchups. JT, who should we look out for from the Bearcats? Dog, I am – man, what's my – I'm like one for – <laughs> you started the game season is- hot, man. It was like three for four off oh, yeah, of it. Cold since the Bearcats are what 12, 12 and four. I've only got like two right all year. So y'all might as well, whatever I say, y'all might as well punt it. 
<laughs> you like the Eagles and punt, but uh, <laughs> it's rough, man. All right, so I'm going to go with um, Cmos Lukosius, and the reason why I'm going with Cmos, he had he went one for ten. I think he's going to be back at home. I think he's going to have a solid game. I think he's going to have like twelve to sixteen points, about three to five rebounds, and like two to three assists. Like I think that's what he's going to do. I think he's going to control the pace. Not going to. I think he's going to play more more like he did against Texas, less like he did against Baylor. So I want to see uh, a form of that of Texas Cmos against TCU because that's going to be huge. Um, TCU, I know I'm not going to steal any of Neil's thunder, but TCU isn't a great outside shooting team, so they're going to be driving, and that's going to be good. And I just think CMOS can hit a couple threes. Um, and part of those points, I think that would be huge at Fifth Third Arena um, tonight. CMOS needs a bounce-back game for sure, JT. Yep. Yep. For sure. Neil, huh? what you say, JT? I said needs it. Needs it. Absolutely. Now, Neil, who do we need to watch out for from TCU? Yeah, so for the Horn Frogs, are coming off a man. I don't even know how to describe it. A fantastic week is an understatement for what they just did this past week in college basketball. They took down number nine Oklahoma, eighty to seventy-one, and then they go on the road and beat Kelvin Sampson and Houston at the buzzer after Emmanuel Miller hit a game-winning layup as time expired, but. Manuel Miller is the guy who is everything for the TCU Horned Frogs. He's a six foot seven forward, leads the team in not only minutes, scoring where he's averaging 17 points per game. He leads the team in rebounding at six rebounds per game, but he also leads, shoots the ball from 50% from the field and 41% from behind the arc. Mm. So a guy like Emmanuel Miller is a guy who is going to do it all for Jamie Dixon and the Horned Frogs. And what he's hey, Neil, Neil, I think you just like saying horn frogs, <laughs> huh? I, you <laughs> and JT, Neil is having way too much fun saying horn frogs. Am I right or wrong? <laughs> he the horn frogs. Hey, he has said horn frogs more in this podcast <laughs> than I've said my entire life, and probably the TCU fan. I don't even think they call. I don't know. The TCU right. fans are crazy. They're crazy. Are they? They're crazy. Oh, they, I haven't had any TCU fan beef on, online yet. They're good people. They're good people from when we interacted yeah. with them down at Big 12 Media Day. It's good people. All right. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. So go ahead. I'm sorry, Neil. But yeah, TCU, <laughs> it starts with Emmanuel Miller. Uh, he's six foot seven. He's going to do it all. Uh, me personally, I expect that to be John Newman's matchup, which will be an interesting matchup and a very good matchup to keep an eye on uh, just due to Miller's high powered offense obviously he struggles to shoot the three ball a little bit there uh obviously 40 percent. so when he gets going he's going he's hot from behind the arc but with the way newman defends the three-point line i think that's going to be a matchup to watch here for this one and then jameer nelson jr the point guard six foot three delaware transfer and he is averaging 11 points per game on 44 percent shooting but what jameer nelson does so well is that he gets in to the lane and he attacks defenders he lives and dies at the free throw line and that is something the Bearcats have struggled with this season is just letting opposing teams impose their will at the free throw line I mean we've seen some teams shoot 30 free throws a game and then some games it's a lot lesser than that so Jameer Nelson is a guy who's going to go contact hunting and that is where the Bearcats are going to need 
Biggs and Jamil Reynolds, Victor Lockin. If Aziz Bandego is able to go, that'd be great, fantastic, but they're going to need their bigs to stay out of foul trouble and just play and protect the rim at all costs because when Nelson gets going inside the paint, it's going to open up a lot of different things for TCU. All right, Neil, you're going to get off a little easy on this episode, and you know what time it is. <laughs> All right, so oh shit, it won't stop. <laughs> the song wouldn't stop. I was like hitting the button and shit. Like Neil was controlling that from his house. Like, nah, we're gonna let this ride. All right. <laughs> All right, so I've only got two for you. All right. Are you ready, Neil? Yes, sir. Number 44. Number 44. Esam Mostafa. Okay, not bad. Say say the first name again. Esam. Esam. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number 55. Number 55 is Zach Gonsuin. That wasn't bad. JT, man, he's getting off easy, man. Yeah, this they, they was kind of Baylor Baylor's lineup gave me some trouble, but this one was real easy. <laughs> yeah, they, they they let us down. They let us yeah. down. You needed a break. You needed a break <laughs> from uh, after that Baylor. JT, did you just say they let Nas down? They let Nas down. <laughs> so many people's heads. That just flew over <laughs> of the audience's head. I wonder if anybody's going to get that quote. Get that. If anybody gets that, please tweet at us. Yeah, please let us know. <laughs> we got it. TCU let Nas down. <laughs> <laughs> the Big O segment is sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. JT, I feel like you right now. I feel like I just cannot get the player right. Like just when I think like Aziz is the perfect player for this for this game against yeah. Baylor, right? Yeah. He he doesn't play. And I'm like, man. So my player to watch, I I I mean. Chase Kirkwood. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm going, I'm going Chase Kirkwood. <laughs> hey, I'm going to say this, though. JT, stop laughing. I'm going to say this. If Chase Kirkwood gets in the game, we're either up big or we're down big. So let's hope we're up big. But, no, in all seriousness, um, I'm going to go with uh, – I'm going to kind of take – I'm going to take a cue from you, JT. I'm going to go with Vic Locken from – the standpoint okay. of having a bounce back game okay. kind of in that thought process that you had. Um, and, you know, I, I think Vic too, I've heard him tell me this. He feeds off the Bearcat crowd. Like the Bearcat crowd gets him going. He's told me that on several occasions. So I could see the crowd really being into this game here and him feeding off of, off of that and having a good bounce back game. Now, if we can get our two guys, CMOS, and Vic playing well, I think we got a very good chance of winning this basketball game. Don't you guys agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yep. We, Not for we, sure. We will see. The Big O segment is sponsored by Smart Dog Solutions. Do you have a business that needs better inventory control, production management, or improved accounting control? Outgrown QuickBooks or can't afford NetSuite? Give loyal Bearcat grads Doug and Kathy Jacobs at Smart Dog Solutions a call. 
They have been in your position and would love to help you solve your problems. You can contact them at 513-739-9473 or online smartdog-solutions.com. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. This is where we cover the keys to the game. JT, what do the Bearcats need to do to win? Uh, protect the ball. And I would say protect the ball because you don't want to get them open uh, live ball turnovers, um, especially at home. This is a battle-tested team as well. I mean, they've been winning those games. Got kind of, I mean, anybody that watched the Kansas game know they they kind of got cheated in in the last minute. They they should have won at Anderson Fieldhouse, which is crazy. So this team is not going to be scared of the, of the Bearcats environment. So the Bearcats cannot give them easy buckets, make them work if they can make them. And I also want to see them make them shoot more jump shots than they want. Um, because that'll be key. Cause I think that'll lead to the Bearcats getting long rebounds and getting into the uh, fast, getting to, you know, fast break points. I think those are the two things I'm looking at protecting the ball. And then if they do turn it over, make sure they throw that thing out of bounds. Don't throw, don't, don't do anything trying to be cute. And, and then TCU's ripping and running. They running a three on one fast break and getting dunks in fifth third. Want to keep that crowd into it as long as possible. And protecting the ball is one way to do it. And making them shoot a lot of jump shots is another way. So those are the two things that I'm going to say are, are my keys. All right, Neil, what do the Bearcats need to do to win big versus the Horn Frogs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for the Bearcats to win big, it starts with limiting the turnovers. If you can keep your turnovers under 10 like they did at Baylor, that is a huge plus because as JT mentioned, you can't let TCU get out and run because when they get out and run and get out in transition, get ahead on the fast breaks, they are leading the nation in fast break points where they're averaging nearly 23 fast break points a game. And that is. Yeah, I didn't six even know points, that. Six I didn't even know they were leading the nation, though. But I knew, I seen them play. They When they get out, they're, they're gone. But I didn't know they were leading the nation. So my bad. Go ahead. Do your yeah, thing. they're Go leading on. the nation in fast break points where they have. 365 fast break points on the season, averaging 22.81 points per game on the fast break. The second closest team in that statistical category is Samford, and they're averaging 18.65 points per game. So almost a four-point differential there. And that is the bread and butter for TCU. So if you can keep them to getting out and running, that is great. That is a huge sign, but what TCU doesn't, realizes that West Miller and the Bearcats like to get out and run a little bit too. So it's going to be an interesting thing for that. But the keys to the game, you got to limit the turnovers. Can't allow TCU to get out and run. But another big thing is they have to defend the three ball. I feel like that's going to be the biggest importance of this one, defending the three ball. Can they continue to defend the perimeter versus Big 12 teams like they did versus Baylor, like they did versus BYU? what they did versus Texas. Can they continue to defend the three-point line here versus TCU? And then a big, the third and final category topic, I feel like it's a broken record, win the battle of the glass. If Aziz Bandego is healthy enough to go, I think they they definitely have the size advantage. I believe they only have one person at six foot 11 or higher, and that's Ernst Uda Jr. So if they are able to use their size and exploit TCU there in the front court and attack the rim, win the glass, that is the big keys 
to winning this game for the Bearcats. The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. All right, I'm going to take a little bit of a different angle um, from you guys um, for this particular one. I, I would love to see us limit TCU's bench points. Okay, so here, here's my thought. Guys coming off the bench, um, guys coming off the bench for TCU with energy. I think we've got to we've got to be prepared to match their energy. So when some of our guys that come off the bench come in, they've got to be prepared. We've got to limit their bench points because uh, you know how it is when you play teams at the level of your Texas, your Baylor's, your TCU's. Their starters and their good players are, are they're going to get their points. They're they're going to do some. Hopefully, you can hold some of them to lower numbers um what was the young man from texas uh he went off what was his name again dylan uh, DeSue. DeSue. Dylan oh, DeSue. yeah he went crazy yeah oh he went he went crazy now that that's gonna happen good players are, are, are gonna do good to great things in games sometimes that happens but yeah. what you don't want to have happen is those guys come off the bench and light your ass up right yeah. so Match the energy of what TCU is bringing off the bench. Keep their bench points down. I'm not even sure what TCU averages in terms of like you know bench points. I can tell you right now, Meech, if you're ready for it. All right, big big stat, Neil. What we got, bro? They are 21st in the country at 29.69 <laughs> points per game off the bench. Wow. Which the Bearcats are 15th in the country at 31.38. I love it. So. That's gonna that's gonna be that's gonna be something we've got to pay attention to. So as long as we keep track of that in terms of us, um, what do you say? Thirty one was around thirty one. Whatever you said that we have. TCU, yeah, we have thirty one point three eight. TCU is averaging twenty nine point six nine. So so pretty close. Let's let's keep them closer to that twenty and below, and let's make sure we stay in the thirties and. I like our chances of uh, winning this basketball game. And on top of that, correct me if I'm wrong, guys. I think because um, I, I think you've got to with Twitter or X or whatever it's called, you have to that that's not all the fan base. I think personally, just going around the city, I think the majority of the fan base is really excited about where this basketball team is, you know. Yes, people are disappointed they lost these last two games. But I think people are really excited. I think this gym is going to be packed and people ready to go, JT. Uh, for sure. It's no reason for it not to be packed. I mean, that that Texas game, that atmosphere was felt good. It was like the Bearcats were, at, were where they belong. You know what I mean? Like you get the feeling every once in a while. But this is going to be a night in and night out feeling. I feel like it's going to be – Maybe even better, you know, another another ranked team. Um, you know, TCU's been doing their thing. I just think the fans are, even though they're one and two, you, you got a lot to be happy about right now. So I think they're going to come in there and, and show out some more. I think it's going to match that Texas game for sure. Yeah. And you know what? I, I, let me say one more thing about that Baylor game. I, I want to bring this back up. I, I forgot yeah. to bring it up earlier. And that is in the last – I don't know, was it 15, 20 seconds, whatever it was, coming out of, I think it was out of the timeout. The play that Wes Miller drew up for Dan Skillings to get that layup was perfect. Yeah, it was. It was perfect. He just perfect. missed the layup, 
right? Yeah, he just missed a layup. layup. It's a different game. Yeah. So then, here here's my issue. Um, a few Bearcat fans on Twitter have been critical of Wes Miller and the last second. You know, like why why would you run that for CMOS? Well, if you go if you watch that, it really wasn't for CMOS to start. Mm-hmm. Nope. It was, was outlet. It, yeah. So if you watch, if you go back and watch that, there was some misdirection going one way to kind of get people thinking, oh, you see, like, I think, I think Newman set a screen room. Uh, Newman could have rolled back to the ball. I think yeah. Newman was maybe the second option because he had a close shot, but it was really Dan. Watch how yeah. far Dan tries to cut. Like it was for Dan. Yeah. yeah, and Wes Miller even said that in the press conference when asked about it. I believe it was on Ryan Roberts' Twitter where he broke down that final sequence, and the play was designed for Dan on the curl yeah. screen there coming inside, and then CMOS gets open, and they didn't think CMOS was going to be that open, it sounded like. Yep. And next thing you know, and everyone was criticizing that shot. That's not a bad look. It, there, even that second look wasn't a bad look because CMOS, let's be honest here, CMOS is this team's second-best three-point shooter Obviously, C.J. Frederick's still lingering a hamstring. So, no C.J. Frederick. Who's your best second, your second best three-point shooter? Seamus Lukosius. And that's a shot where, frankly, I am 100% fine with Seamus Lukosius taking that shot because everybody knows when he squares his feet, it's good from about 70% of the time when his feet are squared, it feels like. JT, do you want to add on? Only thing, only th- the shot, the shot. The look was good. I just only thing like not doubt dog and CMOS or anything at all. I I would I wish he would just would have took a couple dribbles. I think he had enough space to pull up and get a midi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean. If we was only the Bearcats only down one. I would have lived with that. I mean, I'm not mad at the look because they had 15 seconds left. So that's why I was like maybe take that's- a couple dribbles in and get that midi midi yep. off. You know what I mean? Just because he was so cold that game. You know what I mean? But I mean. Shoot, at least he had the, the nuts to take the shot. That's all I care about. But I think I would have. I wish. I wish he would have took the midi. You know what I mean? But I just think. He, I mean, he showed that that midi at Tech against Texas, and I was like, that thing was is is good. It's a good shot. So I think take two dribbles and see maybe he gets to the hole, or if not, just pull up. I feel like he had no space. He was so open that midi. He, he took one or two dribbles and two power dribbles. He would have got that off, and then I would I would have rolled with that, but. I mean, at the end of the day, if Dan makes that layup before, it's a different story, anyways. Um, but I just maybe just a mid-range shot. But I mean, they gave themselves a chance to win on the road in a hell of an environment. So oh, but it's just man, see, go see. for it, go for it. Oh, I got I got something for you too. All right, I'm gonna see what you're gonna say. And I, I forgot. I know exactly what you're about to say, but go for it. Well, no, I was just gonna say the fact that we're in that position. To even be talking about a last second opportunity to win the game with all the feelings, with all the factors that we had Man. to, you know, go against. Like, and then I, I mean, Wes was drawing up the right stuff. It's just sometimes you have the human element to this, and you're yeah. dealing with, you know, young people on the court. So they're not always going to run everything to perfection. It's just, it's just the nature oh. of the game. That's how it go. And it's, it's not a video game, too. Like, people would think it's just a video game, and Wes Miller's got the, controller <laughs> right you know what i mean <laughs> like that you know what i'm saying so he doesn't got an xbox or ps5 controller so it's like the human element of it you know what i mean if somebody cheats the 
they they kind of know what to play. They got it scouted. They might try to cheat a screen, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Then they got to kind of veer away and do something. They still got to execute, but at the same time, it's a lot of human elements in that. So, yeah. Uh, but what I, but I am what I'm going to say before we get go to the next seg. As good as Baylor's new arena is, why were the ca- why were the camera angles the same as damn near as Baylor? I mean, not Baylor, <laughs> but uh, Howard. Howard. Man, man. Like, they didn't think about the camera people. They just like people. They just thought we're going seventy five hundred and we're gonna pack it out. Like Emma was like, you ever watch old NKU games when they would show them on TV? No, was that was that the angle? Dog, it was yeah, all yeah. up top. Like when I used to cover them. It would be all up there. It just was all up there, and they just follow it back and forth. Pretty much the same thing at Baylor. Man, I maybe that's something they haven't worked out those wrinkles yet, and they something went wrong. I, I'm hoping that's the case, but oh, so I too, because it's so nice, right? New and nice. Yeah, yeah. What's crazy about that facility is when I was talking to David before our interview with Dan today. That arena's not actually 100 percent done yet. The home team is Baylor still is using a visiting team's locker room because their locker room hasn't done yet. So they still oh, wow. might be considering that into some factors and whatnot, but they were. Maybe. It sounds like they were advised not to schedule double headers back to back for the men's and women's because there's not enough locker room space as the arena still is not done yet. Mm. Uh, well, that, okay. that, that camera. Angle, I was texting you guys about that camera angle. I was like, man, this is driving me crazy because yeah. when you have a camera angle that's high like that, that's kind of like hovering over, it's hard to tell when a ball's passed, like. <laughs> It's just so hard to say. It just throws me <laughs> off. I can't. I can't see plays develop, and I'm like, ah, get up out of this damn angle. Yeah, man. the angle is looking like a double dribble. Old, old school. Old school. <laughs> I was yeah, like, double dribble nice. angles. Hey, with that angle, I was like, we might as well bring back the Howard play by play and the color guy. Like shit, let's bring those. Might as well, in. same thing. <laughs> and there's same Victor Lakin. Uh, Victor Lakin. And Howard dunk. What are you saying? What are you saying? Howard dunk? <laughs> big man jam. No, that's a big man jam. He said Odia Guan or Guava. Whatever he goes. Jizzle James might be related. Did he what did he say about Jizzle yeah, James? Yeah, he said he oh, might be Edwin related. James is in the house. Oh, Clinton Portis too. His son plays for UC. And that, that, that was wild. We're we're going we're going with that. I might rewatch that Howard game again. Yeah, that, was, that was legendary. That was legendary right there. The Kenyon segment, Keys of the Game, was sponsored by Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota. Come see fellow Bearcat Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota for all your Toyota needs, cars, trucks, and SUVs. Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota is ready to help you get into your new Toyota. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip All Talk podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. Now, the Twyman segment is sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. This is where we cover hot topics. So the hot topic and the question I have for you guys is this. And this is the perfect time to ask this. Wes Miller is in his third season, correct? Correct. Yeah. This is our first season in the Big 12. Now, this is not completely all of Wes Miller's roster. But we're we're pretty much there. Like this year, next year, yeah. This is Wes Miller. This is what he's built. So with all that being said, what would be an acceptable finish for this basketball team this season? 
JT, start with you. Man, I'm down with just making March Madness. If you haven't seen, we haven't played any, well, the NIT last year, but we haven't been in the big dance in a while. So uh, just make the make make March Madness. That uh, make the Bearcats fans feel a lot better about how football went last, you know, in 2023. Uh, and just if you get in the dance, anything can happen. You know what I mean? Because you play in this Big 12, you're going to be battle tested. You're going to play a lot of different styles. You're going to be able to play with, you know, play multiple, multiple different styles, which is great. That's what you need to know against, you know, in a, um, in March Madness, because other teams, they might play slow. They might play pure zone. They might, you know, just want to shoot nothing but threes. You know what I mean? Play five out, you know, because um, the game has changed so much. But I think the Big 12 will have you prepared for anything because you see, you know, Texas made a big run last year with that Kansas State made a hell of a run last year. So, you know, Baylor has won a championship within the last five years. Uh, I think Kansas win recently, too. But, um my years get all jumbled up together now that I'm getting older, show my age. But, you know, the Big 12, the Big 12 was going to have the Bearcats prepared. So just make the dance. I don't care if they are a 12 seed or they're playing in the first four in. The Bearcat fans would be happy. I know I'll be happy to just get in there. And if they do good this week, um, it will, they will be laying a lot of groundwork to be in their first one since Mick has left. So, yeah. Yeah, man, just make it. Okay. As I'm getting long winded. So just make it. All right. Playing it conservative. I like it. Neil? Yeah. yeah. So for me, my prediction would be my hot topic would be you get to the Big 12 tournament, you get to, I'm going to say the final four of the Big 12 tournament, and you win your first NCAA tournament game. That's where I will stand on that. I think you can get to the NCAA tournament. As JT mentioned, that's a huge step in the right direction. But I'm going to say they make it to the NCAA tournament and they win their opening round of 64. Okay. I like it. I like it. Um, so I, I'm, I'm much like you, Neil. Um, my, my prediction is the Bearcats uh, final four of the Big 12. And sometimes what happens when you get the conference tournaments are – they're a tricky thing. Because I, I think sometimes – like take, for instance, the Kansas – um, if Kansas continues to do what they do, they stay ranked in the top five. They're hovering around that. When they get to the conference championship, sometimes you get those teams that don't care. They, they almost sometimes – I'm not saying the staff does this, but sometimes the players are like, man, win or lose, man. We're, we're in a tournament. We've got our number one seed on lock. Let's just, let's just relax a little bit. Uh, sometimes that happens. And I think the Bearcats are going to be hungry when the big 12 tournament comes about and I could see them making a run to the final four for sure. In terms of the tournament, um, JT, I thought you said it um, perfectly. Anything can happen in the NCAA tournament. And that's, you know, that's my hope. I would say if the Bearcats won two games in the NCAA, the NCAA tournament, I would, I would definitely be pleased with that for sure. I think that helps moving forward. So when you, when you really look at it, what's one of the what's one of the biggest ways to market your program your biggest stage is the NCAA tournament right yeah mm -hmm. yes sir so the further along you go 
the more you market your program, they're, it's basically a big, a big ass commercial for your program. <laughs> right? It is. It really, it really is. is. And you're selling, you're selling that people are seeing they're all in the Big Twelve. They're they're wearing Jordans. Uh, Wes Miller's cool. He's a hip new coach. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Some recruits are like, man, we might have to pull up to Cincinnati and check yeah. it out. Um, it's happened in the past. Think about Kenny Satterfield. I, I interviewed Kenny Satterfield for my podcast years ago, and he talks about that with not even knowing where Cincinnati was or he didn't hear about him until the NCAA tournament. He's watching. He's like, man, I like their swag. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it it, yeah, it's real. it opens it up to a lot of, of recruits out there. So, uh, Big 12 Final Four um, win two games in the tournament. Um, I could see it happening, and I would definitely be uh, be, be pleased with uh, with that, and that would lead to to next year where I think I think year four I'm gonna make a bold not bold an early prediction I think season four for West Miller is gonna be phenomenal. Mm. I really I think the mix of young guys and some of the portal kids he's probably gonna go after and get I, I think that team's gonna be phenomenal. Yeah, it's absolutely. Cool. I'm right there with you, Meech. You agree with me, Neil? Yep. I appreciate you, Neil. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm hey, which one is? Neil, one, one more time. Say Horn Frogs. Horn Frogs. Okay. So I'll make sure we get that out. What, 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 what are we at? We had about 13 times on the It's up there. Yeah. You know, so uh, JT, next, next episode. We've got to start up our uh, ECU uh, crowd uh, attendance. Crowd attendance. Yes, we need. We need to yeah, do that. Yeah, I'm gonna start doing my research on that. Yep, and and I need you to you. You know what? You just need to start watching ECU home games just just so you can see who's there. You know, tap into the. You know. Yeah. Let's see. We'll see, we'll see if, they, if they're on uh, ESPN Plus. Um, I'll I'll start trying to browse through. You know what I mean? See what's going on. <laughs> I might even call in, like, you know what I mean, to the after – start calling into their uh, <laughs> after-game hey, after radio show. <laughs> hey, you know what? That gives me a good idea. How about next year the three of us pull up to Howard and just do a walk-in and do an ESPN Plus game? What you guys think? And that would be crazy. That would be fire. Bro, just say, hey, you know what? We want to do the game. We what, are gonna do it. <laughs> what are they going to tell us? What are they going to say? You know what I'm saying? They're not gonna say no because we're better than we gotta be better than the two dudes they have. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Right. Give us our big break. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Love it. Let's do it. The Twyman segment is sponsored by Visionary Cleaners. Visionary Cleaners is a locally owned company by former Bearcat athletes. They specialize in high quality commercial cleaning of businesses, apartment, pre and post construction cleans. They can be reached at 513-388-7816 or contact online visionarycleaners.com. Fellas, this con concludes another great podcast. Thanks to all of our sponsors, Donahue Accounting Services, Smart Dog Solutions, Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota, and Visionary Cleaners. We want to remind all Bearcat fans out there to visit Meals Pizzeria at 2634 Short Vine before and after all Bearcat football and basketball games. Get there early because the place is packed on Bearcat game days. Thanks to Kelly and Richard Meals for the support of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast, and we will be live from Meals on January 31st from 545 to 645 before the West Virginia away game. We'll be doing a podcast live. We're going to engage the fans. 
Hey, I got a whole group of people coming out, fellas. So you okay. guys better better bring the crew. Okay. Yeah, I'm yes, gonna the word out in the streets. Put the words out in the streets. Get the folks there. Uh, uh, JT, get all your boys that wore the headbands with you, the, the St. Lunatics back in, in college. <laughs> we got to have the pictures too, JT. You got to print one out. I got to find them, there. man. I got to find some pictures, dog. I got I to gotta, I gotta really seek these out. If you it's, find it's definitely out there. JT, if it's you find out there. I, got, I know I got you, a couple. I got to find them. JT, if you What's find up? a picture of you rocking the headband just – Casually, no who in class in class. I will print it on a t-shirt and wear it to a Bearcat game. <laughs> that, JT, that makes really up for that you lost a few years ago, man. I'm a fine, I'm a fine one. I'm a fine one for sure. I, I definitely got one. It's either either partying or it definitely wasn't basketball. I definitely got a picture with a headband on with no basketball involved. Okay. I want to see JT, that. This is your opportunity to get back after your 49ers blew it for you last year. You might be right. I'm going to find one. I'm going to find one. I'm going to find one. Just give me some time. We got a couple weeks, right? Yep. I'll yep. find one before we get to the West Virginia game. January 31st. Neil, Neil, yeah. bring all your bring all your cats with you. All nine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, Wu-Tang. Okay. I got them. I got them. All that. Attack these and all. Remember, remember when the one almost shut down the podcast? Man. Oh, yeah. On the- that was going Took a leap of faith, man. Thankfully, the computer didn't shut down on us. <laughs> that was crazy. Oh man. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip Off Talk Podcast presented by Donahue Accounting Services. For friendly expert tax advice, whenever you need to come to Donahue Accounting Services, a leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio, our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation app. 513-528-3982 or visit online donahooaccountingservice.com. We want to thank you for listening to another episode of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. Go Bearcats! <laughs>